America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360, brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline, brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference, brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight, brought to you by Pfizer. Early start, brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front, brought to you by Pfizer. Week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press data download brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. The Standing Brothers Show. Not. Brought to you by Pfizer. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes. Go for that. Liftoff on Apollo 11. New year, new me. I hate that. Did, did you make any New Year's resolutions? No, because they're stupid. Are they, though? Kind of. I'm not going to lie. I don't think there's big... anything wrong with saying, you know what, this year I want to do this better. I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to do more of that, do less of that. Look, here's the, here, here's the issue, though. If you really feel that way, you have, you, you've had all year. If you really felt like some people say, well, you know, hey, 2022, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend less money. I'm going to spend more time with friends and family. Well, gee, if I was your friends and family, I would have been like, hey, you know, you know, the, you know, it's a great time to start this whole Spending more time with me? Uh, you know, like September? Yeah, that's true. Why are you waiting until an arbitrary day um, uh, to to uh, start this new resolution? There's this thing I've heard that the reason why aliens won't visit us is because they've hovered above Earth. And they're like, these people are so primitive that they have a big celebration for for revolving around their giant nuclear reactor every every 365 days. They're obviously not intelligent enough to you know, understand I've, that. You know, I've heard that, but if we think about it logically, and this is why I disagree with, um, I think it was um, not Neil deGrasse Tyson, but Richard, uh, no, um, the, the guy in the wheelchair. Um, the guy in the wheelchair? The guy in the wheelchair who was a, a Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Um, you know, he said that, you know, if we were ever to be uh, visited by other creatures from a different planet or different galaxy, that it would have the same effect as, as if the... Uh, the Native Americans and the Europeans did, where the Native Americans were just, you know, taken over by the Europeans. He's got a point. But there again, though, you're assuming that creatures that are, are maybe a hundred, if not a million years uh, more advanced than we are, are going to behave like um, humans from a thousand years ago, which is stupid because you think a civilization far more advanced who crossed the galaxy just to commit genocide <coughs> would be kind of, you know, stupid. I think that there are, I, th- I think that that uh, logic and that train of thought is coming from uh, it's a very human perspective. Well, yes, it is, but it's it's, it's all we have to go on. And right, that's, seeing, that's my point. Seeing all the evidence we have, typically when there's a clash of cultures and a clash of uh, different peoples meeting for the first time, uh, the people who have the least um, or, or who are the most techni- technological inferior. Um, society and culture don't tend to do very well but that that again is a human experience it is and to say that 
uh, a species that is not human is going to behave like humans uh, is stupid. But it's all we. But it's all we have. We have. It's, it's all that we have to to go on, though. Or you could just say, you know what? I don't know how we're going to react or respond. I see that the Pentagon is uh, has allocated some funding, if I understand, to uh, uh, to, to determine how Americans would react to an alien visitation. What, what do they know? As if it hasn't happened already. Ooh. Um, but then again, though, could it be like in uh, First Contact in Star Trek when the Vulcans meet with uh, humans for the first time right after the Third World War? Because the Vulcans came down after we dis- the humans discovered um, uh, warps, warp technology, and that's when they, they inserted themselves into our world, and that's how we became, that's how Star Trek became Star Trek. So could it be like Gene Roddenberry's idea? Or could it be something a little more sinister? <clears throat> what a you know, weird we way won't to start find, the new year. You know, we won't find out until that happens. Until that happens. But as the intro has alluded, we are um, we are we don't we are trustworthy uh, because we don't take money from Pfizer. So no, th- th- so so therefore, no, are we sponsored by any of them. So uh, therefore, you can trust us. Right. You can trust us. A- everything we say is true. Um, and then you know. Everyone who spoke in the intro of that, I know it was funny, but it is a little, uh, it's cute. you know, it is, um, it's funny because, uh, it, 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 it's almost a parody of itself that the whole idea that parody is now dead because of stuff like that or irony, but it's also like, Hmm, whenever you watch these programs, what are they, what are they, what's, what's the overall message? They always just keep hammering home, hammering home is to go out and go get this medical procedure done. And it's amazing that over the now over those clips are those little sound bites are from the past several years. But it is funny how uh, you have one organization or one company that has constantly been sponsoring and putting money into the big media into the corporate press. And then uh, whenever they have a product out that is uh, is the product that we see now that they just keep peddling it. It's, it's funny. It's almost like they have a financial incentive for it. You know what kills me? My favorite one was <coughs> the the royal wedding brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah. You know, watching it reminds me, you know what? I forgot to pick up my anti-inflammatory yeah. pain pills or whatever. I... It's like, wow, because it's so painful watching the royal wedding on, on TV. I, f- I need to take an Advil or something to, to get through it. Um, that to me That's is always hilarious. Um, so... I, I wanted to start with something that I saw today, and I don't. It's a rumor going around that the Daily Mail has put out an article about it. I don't know if it's true or not. It's a rumor, so take it as that. I'm going to say it again. It's a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not. We can neither confirm nor deny. Yes, and we are not sponsored by Pfizer. Anyway, not. So Nancy Pelosi is reportedly going to be taking, uh, will be leaving Congress within next year, and that's going to create a whole kind of uh, battle, if you will. Um, in the Congress of who's going to be the next Speaker of the House, if the Democrats remain contain or remain in the in the majority, um, personally, uh, I, I think it's good for her, good for Nancy. She's getting out yeah. while the getting's good, uh, because she knows that this this whole thing is about to blow up. That crap has literally hit the fan for the Democrats because I think they all are seeing that there's going to be a red wave, and who knows how large it'll be, who knows how impactful it will it will be. Because there's, if there's one thing that you can count on, there's, if there's one thing that we all can count on, it's Republicans' ability to screw things up when it's been just given to them. And, you know, they have dropped the ball repeatedly when it has been thrown into their court. So uh, 
that that's why <laughs> I'm not so gung ho on uh, this red wave. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about this here or not, or with you. The but... Republicans, when it comes to opportunities like this, is like bases loaded, two outs, and a guy just keeps throwing change-ups down the middle, and what do the Republicans do? They bun it right back to the pitcher. <laughs> just, he's just, he oh, is just, just stand there and take strike three. He is just <laughs> sitting there just lobbing it in there, batting practice, and he, you know, he just he just bunts it right back to the pitcher. Yeah, it's it's the home run derby, but he goes for the base hit, you know? <laughs> he, 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 he bunts in the home run derby. <laughs> uh, yes, so that's why I am not so... Uh, excited if you will about a potential red wave republican red wave whatever you want to call it um even if, if donnie is reelected, because we see how his administration was completely co-opted by neocons and neolibs and javanka and all the other folks and uh how it wasn't to the last minute the last minute he tried to do the right thing um too late and even we see with this january 6th stuff resurfacing because we're going to talk about the uh the um, I can't use that word. The most terrible moment in American history. Right, because because we are just mere days away from the anniversary of that uh, dreadful moment in American history. The worst attack. The, the on America worst attack on American history since nine eleven. No, since Pearl I, I, Harbor. I don't know. I I don't know. It, it might be worse. Did you not hear what I said? The worst attack since then. No, no. it might be the worst. That's ever. what I'm saying. It might be the worst attack ever. The worst attack on American history ever bar none was january 6th and of course because no one can let this go not even conservatives not even republicans can let this go we're talking about it again and uh you see that the the javanka not 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 jared javanka jared and ivanka javanka oh that's gosh yeah the the um that those people but Jared, not Jared, uh, Ivanka, uh, Don Jr., I think Eric Trump were indicted on something unrelated to January 6th. <coughs> but you see this going to happen again with that they're going to drag this thing out yet again. And because we're on the anniversary of this this uh, blessed day in American history, Donnie says he's going to give a press conference on this day. Now, what would be awesome is if he announces his, re- his reelection bid on January 6th. That would just be peak Trump, would it not? Would it, would, would, here's a peak Trump. Peak Trump is going to be, okay, I'm coming back for election in 2024. We're doing the insurrection, but we're doing it the right way, okay? We're doing <laughs> it the right way. You're going to come out and vote for me, and then I'm going to storm in that building and say, you're fired, okay? Nancy, get the heck out, okay? Frankly, Japan, you're, frankly you're done. You're, you're finished, okay? It's over. I'm taking over now. We're doing it the right way, okay? Last year, last year, all wrong, all wrong. But this way, we're doing it right. In in the ballot box. In the ballot box, okay? We're punching the ballot. We're breaking the ballot box, not breaking the windows, okay? That's what we're doing. (laughs) We're going to pull the lever for Donnie. Pull lever for Donnie. Um, But yeah, so I think that's interesting. And since we're on the topic of January 6th, and this is just because, you know, I, 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 I hate myself. And because um, I just I happen to love this lady so much, I'm joking, of course. But uh, this this Liz Cheney character, who um, is the daughter of uh, Dick Cheney, who the that uh, torturing warmonger. Didn't he? Sh- didn't he kill somebody? He shot a guy and made him apologize. I'm sorry for being in the path of of a vice president Cheney's barrel. Yeah. If you have a Terminator heart, that's what happens to you. You um, apologize for getting shot. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so she was on uh, George Stephanopoulos, or George Stephanopoulos, sorry. I, I always get those confused. Um, uh, he's on his show, he, she, wh- how, however Liz Cheney identifies. 
Um, you don't judge here on the Standing Brothers well, show. Well, since she was basically banned from the Republican Party, where, where the state where she comes from, then they kick her out for real. Yeah they, yeah, they did, and so I don't know how she identifies. He, she, it, however, Liz identifies. But anyway, um, make your own joke there. <laughs> but anyway, she uh, was on George Stephanopoulos' show on ABC. I think it was on Sunday because it wasn't today; it was yesterday. And so, uh, again, we're because we're coming up on the anniversary, we have to talk about all this crap yet again, whether or not uh, the Donald is going to be indicted for anything to do with January 6th. Because you keep seeing the stuff in the news about how the Donald is going, the, 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 the hawks are circling <coughs> the Donald regime, and it, the indictments and jury trials, and the, the, the officers are waiting outside for the go-ahead to arrest the man. Uh, while he's eating Cheetos. The walls are closing in. The walls are closing in. The, the end is nigh. The end is nigh. The dam is about to burst. You know, the, the crack the is about to be released. The coming. Get to the ark. Yeah. Um, the, the, the world is about to end. Repent now kind of stuff. That is all happening as we're being told from the media, the corporate press, about Trump and the January 6th committee and how they're going after him and Liz Cheney and uh, all the other crackpots on this so-called uh, committee are going to, um, you know, bring about charges in the harshest terms for Donald Trump. And, you know, whether it's going to be legal or just whatever, we're going to find out. So we're going to play parts of the interview that she gave with George Stephanopoulos, or Stephanopoulos, sorry, on ABC. So, Jacob, hit the the play button, will you? Will do. And we're joined now by the vice chair of the committee, Congresswoman Liz Cheney. Congresswoman Cheney, thank you for joining us again this morning. Happy New Year you to you. You know, you were alarmed yeah, by whatever. this from the very start, from the moments, the first moments on January 6th when this started to unfold. You've cut a lonely path in your party. <laughs> Have you been surprised by anything you found over the last year? Well, I've certainly been surprised by many things. Uh, I think that in uh, the piece that you played uh, by John Carl just a few moments ago, uh, he touched on the fact uh, that, that we know now, we are learning much more about what uh, former President Trump was doing while the violent assault was underway. The committee has firsthand testimony now that he was sitting in the dining room next to the Oval Office okay, watching the attack on... Uh, how, does she, how do you know that? Who, who is this inf- the so-called informant that you have? I mean, honestly, who was who giving you this information? I, I kind of like to know. Because it's an anonymous source. Because unless you actually give, you know, I don't know, details on who this person is and who they are and what they actually said and when they said it, um, that's kind of important. And if you're just going to go before a committee and say, well, we have an inside source saying blah, 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 blah. Who is it? We don't know. We don't know, and we can't we can't disclose that information at this time. Yeah, try that in a court. Yeah, try that in a court. Ain't going to fly. Who's your witness? Uh, well, they, they sent us a letter, and we don't know who it's from, but, but, but it, he... He used good punctuation. That's how we know we can trust him. His grammar was spot his on. His grammar was – this man paid for the yearly subscription to Grammarly, okay? That's how good his grammar is. <laughs> so unless you're going to name the source, um, it's kind of, you know, nothing. It's, it's hearsay. It's hearsay. It's all hearsay. Unless you can bring that per- this particular person uh, into the into the court of public opinion because this won't go before any – I don't – I hope it won't go but before, before any court. But like a committee. The committee still has to hear well, about it. Well, in committee, they can do whatever they want. They yeah, can say like, whatever they if want. If you want to make this legit and you want it to – I don't know – you know, have any sort of weight to what this person's saying other than uh, the, the, there's somebody out there who told me this, but I don't know who it is, but I can trust them because they – Whatever. They, because, because, because of reasons. Well, the reason why they won't do that is because they know this is all stupid and this is just a big waste of time. Or the, or the person doesn't exist. 
Right. And that's the reason why they're wasting all of our time with this in order to make in order to get the clicks and to get reelected and the politics and whatever. Um, so, yeah, Liz Cheney, could you please produce this person that, that said these things or person? So l- l- let us continue with this. Ugh. Television uh, as as the assault on the Capitol occurred. Uh, we Pause know. Real quick. All right, so she said, I don't know if you caught that, or not, that he was sitting watching television. Because if you say TV, that's, un- that's an unsophisticated way of saying he was watching it on TV. You have to say television. So he was watching this all unfold uh, while sitting watching television. So continue. Uh, as you, you know well, uh, that the briefing room at the White House is just a mere few steps from the Oval Office. The president could have at any moment walked those very few steps into the briefing room, gone on live television, and told his supporters who were assaulting the Capitol to stop. He could have told them to stand down. He could have told them to go home. uh, And he failed to do so. Uh, It's hard to imagine a more significant, a more serious dereliction of duty uh, than that. Okay, stop it right there. So, uh, Liz, if I can call you that, um, there's this thing called Twitter. And before the Donald was banned from Twitter, uh, I hate to break this to you, but he did get on Twitter several times. Once around, I think it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon, when after he got back from the, uh, the Stop the Steal rally, whatever it was called, uh, where he did not incite a, uh, an insurrection. But he got on the Twitter and said, you know, we are the party of law and order, go home in peace. And then again at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, he got on there again and said through a video but Joe, in the Rose Garden. But Joe, now, now this, this is the problem with Liz Cheney. The Rose Garden ain't good enough for her. You can't go to the Rose Garden and say, you know what, stop, stop go home, go home, peace, where the party lawn or all that. She, she wanted the Donald to go on a national broadcast from the Oval Office saying this, that, and the other. Here's the problem with that. There's no live feed of TVs in a Capitol during a riot. The people, people inside. Um, they're not. Uh, they're not pulling up Fox News, looking at themselves. They're but, like, "Hey, Jimmy, what you watching? Oh, Trump's. I'm watching ABC News live on my phone as I as I walk through the Capitol building where I probably shouldn't be right now. Oh, Trump said go. Home. All right, guys, pack it up. We're done. All right, let's go home, guys. Trump said let's go home. I'm gonna call an Uber. Anybody want a ride share? Yeah, yeah. No, didn't happen. But what and he even did, but what he did. but what he did do? Trump used his medium, which is Twitter, the internet. How he got elected, all the great little one-liners he got on Twitter. He got on the tweet and released a, like a like a minute-long video saying, "I know you're upset. I know you're angry. I know you're in pain. But this is not the way to do this. Go home in peace. We're the law. We're the party of law and order. We're the party of peace. Go home in peace. We'll sort this out later." So he did do that. He wasn't silent at all on January 6th. This is so infuriatingly stupid. But the part that's coming up from George Stephanopoulos, he's about to ask a very important question. So, Jacob, could you please rewind about five seconds? Okay. Play. A significant and more serious dereliction of duty dereliction uh, of duty. than that. Is his failure to make that statement criminal negligence? You know, Pause it! Uh, Pause it. Is it criminal <laughs> negligence that he didn't get on TV? Since when is not going on TV in the in the Oval Office illegal? Or not doing something like this illegal? He went on Twitter. His medium, his followers follow him on Twitter. I don't know if you know this, George Stephanopoulos or Liz Cheney, but 
people who like Trump followed him on Twitter. I don't know if you know this or not. That's kind of how the whole Twitter thing works. So if you wanted to reach his people, he's going to go on Twitter. Not go and give some major press conference in the Oval Office. So the fact that he didn't walk to the Oval Office, the fact he walked outside to the Rose Garden, is criminal negligence? Look, look. I got one for you, okay? So Trump and – look, we've been over this many times. We did extensive work on this about a year ago. Go back and listen to this podcast. He can't be held criminally liable for this because he never <laughs> once incited this, never once said, go and take go and take the Capitol building. I, I wish you all the best. Okay. George Stephanopoulos is now saying, can he be held criminally responsible um, for negligence and not saying going on TV and doing this? Okay. So – Let's take the same parameters out. Let's, let's use another situation that happened where the person who is influenced, um, their supporters or, or a supporter went out and, and, did a, and did a criminal act, okay? Remember the shooting on the um, GOP baseball team from, yes, a couple years from ago. a Bernie supporter, Yeah. okay? Why didn't Bernie Sanders go on TV? Can he be held criminally negligent for not going on TV immediately when the shooting happened? Yeah. Steve Galise, Steve Scalise almost died because of that. Or afterwards, did Bernie Sanders issue a statement? Can we hold Bernie Sanders responsible for his dangerous rhetoric against the or, GOP? Or was it Bill de Blasio that said over the summer of love of 2020 uh, that who said that the riots had to be peaceful or protests had to be peaceful? That was uh, Chris Chris Cuomo. Chris said Cuomo, that. whichever. Which, the, the Blasio Cuomo crime family, same thing. But could he be cr- held criminally liable for the people that had their business destroyed or were hurt or killed over the summer of love of 2020? Same thing, same thing. I mean, sorry, same thing. Now, what's funny here, again, if you go back again five seconds, we'll play it again. Watch watch uh, Liz Cheney like, oh, 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 no, uh, can't go there. <laughs> than that. Is his failure to make that statement criminal negligence? You know, uh, I think that, that there <laughs> are a number of, as the chairman said, uh, potential criminal statutes uh, at issue here. Uh, but I think that, that there's absolutely no question that it was a dereliction of duty. Pause uh, and, and <laughs> Hamstrings must be pretty strong after that backpedal. Yeah. So, so, so we know, they all know that, that, that the Donald cannot legitimately be held for criminal anything with January 6th. Now, they might try to do something kangaroo court, which that's completely different. But the hamstrings on this one to backpedal all that nonsense she disputed <laughs> and to see the blood of Trump's arm just coming through George Stephanopoulos' face as he's just seething, wanting blood for what happened on January 6th is so apparent, and it's disgusting. Um, the dereliction of duty part. Hmm. If you want to talk about dereliction of duty, I mean, every president can be convicted in the court of public opinion for dereliction of duty. I mean, come on. That's, that is the, the stupidest thing to levy against anyone. I mean, any, anyone can be convicted of dereliction of duty. You ever made a mistake, Jacob? Uh, no. You ever dropped a quarter at the bank? I'm perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't ever make mistakes. This mistakes is, are for the this weak. This is utterly ridiculous. Now, if you wanted to go after dereliction of duty for something that actually is meaningful, like foreign policy, like Joe Biden's doing right now with, with Vladimir Putin, that's a dereliction of duty. Teetering on the edge of World War III? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty bad move, if you ask me. <clears throat> but you know what's funny out of all of this is that you want to talk about criminal charges... Uh, does she? Does she not know who who, who her father is? Oh, please! I, I mean, I, I mean, the this would be this. This is the the equivalent of of the son or daughter of George W. Bush 
uh, coming on here and saying, well, well he had two dogs. Donald, okay, anyways, Donald Trump is, should be convicted of the criminal war crimes and, and colluding with other, with other, um, um, foreign powers it, it's the same thing well it'd be it'd be like if uh, george w bush came out saying you know what well donald trump in, had a torture policy like oh really <laughs> oh, did? but... didn't you too <laughs> how much time you got buddy <laughs> again you, you want to go there you so really want to go there put, i'm not gonna put the rest of me because it's just a nonsensical waste of time but there was a part about um about uh, something about you know People in their past doing things wrong, like wow, your dad wasn't the saint you you think he was either. That's what I that's what I find funny about people who who would to attack Trump for his past sins. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a pretty long length of, of of things that Trump has done that are probably pretty shady. But it, like like any of these politicians, anyone in Washington is going to sit the there is, is with that... with with clean hands saying Donald Trump said bad things. Donald Trump is. Um, had shady business dealings. Nancy Nancy Pelosi's gonna really come out and say yeah. that seriously. Well, see, I could accept that if it was coming from like a Thomas Massey or a Rand Paul. But they're not saying. But that. when it's coming from Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney or Nancy Pelosi or whomever, it's like, yeah, I don't believe you, because you and your family and the you, the government you've been a part of have destroyed this country and other countries. So. I just I don't take you seriously, Liz. If I can well, call you that. it's also like whenever, whenever George W. Bush came out and said that uh, Trump was like was like dividing the country. I'm like, bro, I don't think you're. I don't think your eight years were all too unifying either, man. Well, I mean, <laughs> you had that. You had your unifying moment, which you instituted with 9/11. But we won't go there. Um, but no, it's it's <coughs> ridiculous because if you look at it. The only the the only well we don't have to get into all, to the the sins of the past with Bush because that's kind of off topic but but y- you get the point or even like Will Phil Obama if he would have said that he's a unifier it's like wow you were not so great at it either dude you didn't build that I was there before you got there you didn't build that yeah Liz Cheney what are you gonna do with her. I guess the party, the Republican Party of Wyoming, is done with her, which you know, good for them. My my question, this whole thing, though, she should just become, she just change party affiliation to the Democrats because that's basically what she no, is. No, because here's the thing, though, right? She wants to be, she wants to be the martyr, the martyr. But nobody's Republican. buying it. Yeah, but like, but it, no one is buying that. It just makes her feel good about herself. But you know, you know what it is? Is that she wants that conservative spot on the View? She wants the Meghan McCain spot. She wants the Meghan McCain spot on the View. Oh, you, you know that's they the would only, love her. Hang on, that's the only reason why she's doing this. It's all one big pivot to the View. To that, to that. The, is that the, your end goal the, in the, life? Is to be on the View? <laughs> wow. She shoot wants the, to rub elbows with Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. Shoot for the moon, Liz Cheney. Um, here, this thing I've, I've always wondered. Um, going this far out, we're a year. We're a year and well, in, in, in three days. So yeah. on Thursday it'll be a year. Does anybody outside of the media and outside of um, people in Washington who, who pretend to care, does anybody like out there, I know that our audience probably doesn't because you're smart, but does anybody really care about January 6th? Like, honestly, d- deep down to your core, do you still care about it? Or does it, does it still like keep you up at night knowing that some Trump supporters b- broke some windows and stole Nancy Pelosi's um, podium and, and took selfies in the, in the in the hall of statues there does that does that really 
bother you that much. And if and if it and if it does for a different reason than what they're saying, that that's fine. Like there's obviously I think there's an argument of um, that the political um, the polarization has brought people to that point. Um, and that, that's kind of where I'm at with my issue of it is that the fact that you've driven these people to the fringe edge of the political conversation well, see, divide that they feel like the only way to get their voice heard yeah. is to go and do something that's like this. That's the conversations that I've had is that I've talked to people about this uh, in my immediate circle, um, and they're not they're not terrified of it, but they're, they're like, you know what, that, that wasn't us at our best on January 6th that's, as far as fair. Americans or conservatives were. And I... I I just simply said, you know, it really didn't bother me all that much. And they're like, are you serious? And like, yeah, it was like, it's whatever. Now, the part that does keep me up at night, I guess, is the fact that I, because an interview that I listened to today about this on the Scott Horton show, which everyone should go listen to um, for other reasons, but um, was the fact that the same kind of folks who were involved in the, uh, the how do I say this, the the so-called kidnapping attempt of Gretchen Whitmore in Michigan. Which is all entrapment. Which it was an inside job. It was entrapment. Yeah. The same kind of people, same kind of forces, FBI, CIA, whatever, were all involved in January 6th. Now, just for clarification, just 10 seconds, just explain the whole Gretchen Whitmore entrapment thing in case, in case no one okay, knows Okay, so I believe there were like 30 people involved in this whole thing, and up to 12 to 15 of them were FBI informants. And the, the plot was they were going to kidnap Gretchen Whitmore because of the COVID stuff, and they were tired of it. And these were so-called militia, three percenters, whatever group. They were going to allegedly uh, kidnap Gretchen Whitmore because of a whole host of reasons. But the problem is, though, is that the enforcers were the ones who were giving training, giving money, pushing them to do it. And then when they decided to do it, uh, they, they all they all pulled out the badges at the last minute yeah. of the, the crime TV show and said, "You're under arrest." That'd be like that'd be like I'd be like an. A, a undercover officer going to probably some shady people and saying, "Hey guys, you're going to do go rob that bank. Yeah, here's some tools. Yeah. Here's some training. Go rob that bank." And then when, then once they pull the gun, up oh, but badges out. <laughs> you guys are all under arrest. Yeah, it's like um, it's like if you had a friend that just suddenly became your friend and you you, you both were into shotguns. He's like, "Man, why'd you sell that shotgun off just a little bit? Just just take a little bit off the barrel and then pull you... the badge out as soon as he makes the cut. Pull the badge <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, um." But that's what happened. It's the same people that, that were behind the entrapment and the pushing for the kidnapping of Governor Whitmer are the ones who were in, who were leading leading the charge. And there's there's multitude of, of evidence. I know Tucker Carlson did a whole thing about this. Is, is, think, is, is, is that out yet? I don't know if it's out yet, but it, it wouldn't take much to convince me that's what actually happened because there were several – People and points in the in the January six of people holding bullhorns, uh, saying "Right this way to the Capitol! Right yeah. this way to the Capitol!" And of course, you know, when it, when an authoritative person with a bullhorn is saying something, the crowd usually follows. Like when you go to the airport or you go to Disney, the people on the intercom are saying "Do this, do that." Well, the crowd normally does that. So when they're saying, you know, we got to go to the Capitol, and they they start breaking in, the people on the bullhorn say, "We got to go inside the Capitol." Now, who are these people? I don't know. Who are these people? It would not. It's not that far of a stretch <laughs> of imagination to say that these were paid operatives, or these were FBI agents, or CIA agents, trying to sow chaos to turn a um, to turn a what was a peaceful protest into a riot. Now, does that absolve the people that destroyed stuff and did bad stuff? No, it doesn't. 
but that also doesn't um that doesn't uh doesn't dismiss the fact that the that the Capitol police shot and killed Ashley Babbitt unjustifiably. Unarmed. Unarmed. So everyone's to blame here. Everyone's to blame. It's the deep state. It's the Trump supporters who went in. It's the people behind the massacre. It shouldn't have happened. It should not have happened. But you know what? That's that's just the world we live in. I'm just honestly curious if anyone really cares at this yeah. point. I mean, I mean, we're a year later, and I'm expecting on Thursday to see a whole bunch of <coughs> sob story um, reports and you know flashbacks of how the country is more divided than I ever. I wonder if they'll try to float up that story about how the the one Capitol police officer was killed by the fire extinguisher. If they'll try that trope again, nah, if they try that, I'm going to repost Glenn Glenn Greenwald's um, Didn't article. Happen. Or or I'll send you a link where you can go where you can go uh, read it because it didn't didn't happen and, yeah. the, and the New York Times had to retract that so the the insurrection rioters uh, never killed anybody yeah they were so, the ones that were getting killed uh, yeah as far as a Katie they are um, zero <laughs> um so enough enough of January six and Liz Cheney and Donald Trump and all that nonsense but but I love talking about that. <laughs> Uh, I get bored of it real fast. Um, I, I, you and I listened to an interview uh, just over the holidays of a certain medical doctor scientist guy uh, who's very smart, very um, you know in the know when it comes to mRNA vaccines and whatnot. You could say that. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, Joe Rogan, uh, who has the largest and most uh, popular podcast on earth and if you go on rogan you you've made it like that's that's the new going that's on. the that's that's that the new the, johnny carson of the world well rogan is the it's the pinnacle of interviews i think i think in, in general yeah i think that getting a, a getting a spot on rogan will get you more clicks more listens than any other interview and this is counting like uh, um corporate sites corporate too. yeah like network tv stuff because uh so Rogan daily pulls more than CNN every single day. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. So if you get on Rogan, you've made it. You are you have to be a somebody to get on Rogan, which is you know it's a big deal. But uh, so uh, uh, Joe Rogan had on uh, this fellow of the name of Robert Malone, uh, MD. Yes, Doctor Doctor Robert Malone, uh, who claims that he was one of the ones who helped invent or invented the mRNA vaccine, which is a brand new technology. Uh, this guy has a long history of vaccines and working with them in infec- infectious diseases. He is a uh, – it's not a pathologist. What's the – No, so he he didn't invent the vaccine. He invented – The technology? The, yes, yes. Okay. He he was a part of the team that, that discovered the mRNA technology that, that, that then was used to make the potato, vaccines. Potato, potato, whatever. Um, but anyway uh, – uh, um, uh, what's the He's word? a scientist, virologist. He yeah. he he works in public health. He works in immune and um um immunology and and um um vaccinology as well. Right, and has so for decades. Yes. For a very long time, he's worked in this field. Uh, he knows Tony Fauci personally. Wait, is that am I thinking of a different interview? No, this is right, this the same one because yeah, he exactly. he had on a different guy who uh, was involved with the COVID stuff too. That was. I, doesn't matter. So he knows Tony Fauci personally. He has dealt with all these people at the CDC. He knows them personally. Uh, so he's very well connected in defense department groups who are often give out contracts to his the companies that he works for <coughs> to develop vaccines and technologies and things revolving the medicines. 
um, you can see how well educated this I am. <laughs> but so he is on Rogan, and they're talking about the vaccine. They're talking about the new technology, the side effects, all this stuff, right? But here's the problem. He said some controversial things, according to the corporate press, according to Twitter and YouTube and all these other sites about the COVID vaccine that you're not supposed to say, even though he was involved in making it. So if anyone's allowed to have an opinion on the the consequences and benefits of the vaccine, it's this guy because he helped make it. Well, not only that, but he is involved in clinical in clinical trials at the moment for certain cocktails of drugs for early treatment. Like the Pfizer so, drug, right? Well, no, he's doing a, he, uh, forget, you have to listen to the interview, but right. it, it was I, involving it, a certain other, a certain other drugs. I don't know if it was ivermectin or the other ones, but he was working on <clears throat> getting clinical trials going and in the process of it for these early treatment uh, drugs. So he's not, he's not just a side, he, he didn't just, what I'm trying to say is he didn't just invent this technology and just retire. No, he's critically involved in the clinical trials for these drugs he's been on the forefront of this from the very very beginning he got the the earliest genome sequencing he got the earliest um he actually caught the the very first strand of this and you know gave his anecdotal um evidence to what he took and his experiences of it so he's incredibly involved in this and not only just that but he sits on many boards of many different um um pharmaceutical uh um, um, some medical field boards and everything. He's he's incredibly involved in multi um, facets of the you could, you could say quote unquote big pharma, but also the government side of it as well. Right. So if anyone is allowed to have an opinion on this, it's this guy, right? He's a scientist. He's intimately involved in all the makings of the vaccine and other things that go along with that. The problem is though is that before the interview started, he got banned off Twitter. Because the he, day before. The day before, I'm sorry. Because he broke the Tweety guidelines of when it comes to what's a, what you are and are not allowed to say about the vaccine and about COVID. Again, if anyone is qualified to talk about this, it's him. Not just Tony Fauci. Not just that weird lady, that witch who runs the CDC. Not just the, that cross-eyed freak who works at the, at the with the WHO people at the WHO. Not, there's more than just... Three people who are allowed to set the rules when it comes to talking about COVID. And if you're going to, uh, if you're not, if you're not going to allow other voices, other credible voices, when it comes to all this stuff, who actually have a background <coughs> in the science, you know, the actual science, not the Tony Fauci, you know, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Carl Carl Rove's whiteboard science. No, actual science. So if he gets banned off the Tweety for this. Because, you know, he broke the guidelines, which the guidelines are always changing. The rules are always changing. So when someone says something on the Tweety about the vaccine or whatever, even though the science just changed, and but yet YouTube is operating off the old science, and they say something that's credibly and factually true, and they get banned, even though they're speaking the truth, but yet because YouTube and Twitter can't keep up, well, you can't have a debate or discussion about this. That's impossible. And after this interview came out, uh, I, I think it was. I don't. I don't think Rogan posts anything to YouTube anymore. I think he's exclusively on Spotify. Well, he sometimes posts clips. And right, but stuff that's like different, that. though. Yeah. But the full-length interview, I believe Robert Malone or someone else published on YouTube and also on Twitter. I think. I don't. Don't quote me. But just hours after that, it was deleted. Mm -hmm. 
the entire interview talking about a whole host of other things than just the vaccine. They talked about his history, his background, lots of other things. was taken down. This is the problem with scientism, right? Is that there's only one set of opinion you're allowed to have when it comes to the COVID. Sorry, that's not science. That's propaganda. If you can question it, it's science. If you can't, it's propaganda. It's very easy to, to follow here, folks. Well, he's, he's, he's not, he's, it's not the first one this has happened to. No, it's not. Just look at anyone from the Great Barrington Declaration. Right. Or de- which Declaration, he, which as is, he quoted, Martin, Martin Kordoff, who's been who's, who's as qualified as Dr. Malone on this. He's a Harvard resident um, immunologist and infectious disease expert who came out against the lockdowns, against the mandates in the beginning. He's gotten railroaded by Fauci and all these other guys. And well, you know, everyone else, Johnny Anita, is the same way. It's funny because the people that they are banning and censoring on these YouTube uh, and uh, these social media platforms come from uh, outrageous right-wing uh, institutions like Harvard and Yale and Oxford. And Oxford. Yeah. And Stanford. And yeah, Stan- Stanford, wow. Stanford, yeah. The, these bastions of white supremacy and, uh, and, and just pseudoscience of Harvard and Yale and Oxford and, and all these other places. These Trump-loving hick, yeah. redneck uh, they, they have they, they have the portraits of Hitler and Goebbels and, and all the other folks plastered to the, through the hallways of, of these institutions. That's, that's where these people come They're from. They're just nothing but anti-science, anti-vax, yeah. lunatics, yeah. crazy people. And the the point he, he made that point too on on the podcast is that you know you're banning the smartest some of the smartest people in the world the people who have dealt with these things for thirty forty years even someone like Alex Berenson who doesn't really have that much background in the medical field but has followed this almost his entire adult life as far as the uh, pharmaceutical companies and whatnot who knows the ins and outs of it to ban him who has done more research on this than any of the backbiters. On Twitter, or who even runs the, the Indian guy who sees this in India says, "Oh, he wrote bad words. Ban him." You know, <laughs> that that was a that was a gross uh, simplification simplification of it. But but for that to happen, it's like, mm, can't you see this, folks? Can't you see what's going on here? Well, and it's not that. So what he thinks that he got he he got banned for is. There's a thing in this channel, not this 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 podcast, but 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 my personal YouTube channel, which I, I used to live stream a couple times on, and I used to upload videos to. We got hit with a community strike. I don't know if it's gone. Our yet. humble, our humble little podcast. Our humble, my humble channel with with a whole 36 subscribers. I did a live stream and I was talking about how we could potentially. Um, and I said the, the dangers of, of of censoring certain opinions right now when we don't know the facts and everything is is um, if there happens to be uh, side effects, negative side effects, which we do currently see, especially in young boys with the mito, mito, carditis. carditis. I'm, I'm so bad things. with that. Um, but, but primarily that in, 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 in young men um, is you could take that video down. And, it, and that video was taken down because I did say that we might see negative effects from this in the future, and we do. So was I right? Can I be reinstated? Can that video go back up? No, no, it can't. The issue, though, is you're not allowed to say anything that would cause vaccine hesitancy. So you're not allowed to say anything that may prevent or may um, sway someone to not get the vaccine. So 
if you were to come out and publish accurate data saying that there is an increased risk of high blood pressure or an enlarged heart by this vaccine, if you were to publish that, that could cause someone to have vaccine hesitancy. Therefore, it is not allowed to exist on this platform, even though it's 100% true. This happened with Marjorie Taylor Greene. And if you noticed, saw this yesterday, yeah, she, she got kicked off on YouTube as, or Twitter as well because she posted CDC data and VAERS data onto her Twitter account, and that was not allowed because it caused vaccine hesitancy. So, theoretically, theoretically, which there's, there, there is some evidence to support that Pfizer's clinical trials were kind of screwy with the results, and they threw a lot of um, Well, it's people. not the first time they've done that either. It's not, but they, th- they, they, they took some people out um, who had negative side effects, and they didn't include them into the final study. If that were to come out to be 100% true and they could verify it, and you were to post that to, to Twitter or to YouTube or even to this podcast if you were to cover it, and someone were to listen to that and say, well, I don't want that vaccine now. Theoretically, I'm causing vaccine hesitancy by posting the truth. So do I get kicked off of Twitter and YouTube because of that? Yeah. And that's the standpoint, I will. And then another thing is that you're only allowing one opinion to to go out. You're not you're not we, we this is such a, a dangerous game we're playing whenever we're silencing the man who is responsible for the technology behind the vaccine. I think he might know a thing or two about it. If anyone's allowed even, to speak on it, it's him. Even if he were to come out and say that, you know, there are some side effects and that's true, but overall I think it's generally safe. And this is a man who has no financial incentive behind None. any of this. He doesn't own stock in Pfizer. He doesn't. He has no financial incentive into any of this, according to him. I have not verified that for myself. This according to what he said on the interview. I would <coughs> generally believe him. And so you have you have this man who spent his entire life developing this technology, developing the, the, the means behind making this vaccine. And he's coming out and saying that, hey, there's something screwy going on around here. So are you going to believe him or are you going to believe the, the people that we played in the beginning of this who were all sponsored by Pfizer? Who um, I was watching the Jimmy Dore show uh, this last week. And do you know that Rachel Maddow gets like $30,000 a day by Big Pharma. The show gets paid $30,000 a day just to that show. Do you want to take her opinion? What do you think she's going to say about the Pfizer vaccine when they're putting thirty grand a day in her pocket? What do you think she's going to say? Don't take it? Come on. Even if it was 100% safe, she would still have the same opinion. It, 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 it's such a... We are... We are approaching the point of, 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 of no return with this when it comes to the policy being you're not allowed to spread anything well, no, no. that would cause someone to be hesitant about taking the vaccine. We are dangling from the rope on the cliffs of insanity. We absolutely are. Because he also is talking about um, the vaccine potentially, according to the data that he has seen, could be screwing with your uh, immune system. If you are if you're a healthy person and you've gotten recovered from COVID, if you get the vaccine, that could have negative effects on your immune system. Now, this is very early. They don't know the full effects of it, but that's something that could, that could potentially be happening. And he's not the only one that's talked about this. Some other people have talked about this, too. 
That's another reason why they retook it down. It's because, oh, you can't go there yet, but get, but give it a month, and then it'll be the mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is, though, is that what's happening here is that people like Robert Malone, Alex Berenson, Kaldorf, all these other guys, they're cutting in on their grift, right? They are vaccine hustlers. If you cut in on their grift, they're going to shut you down because they got vaccines to hustle. Because there's so much, there's a stupid amount of money to be made by Pfizer. $33 billion. $33 billion. Now, that's more than um, what what corporation? That is, okay, so the entire music industry. Yeah. From the Beatles to Kanye West to the Rolling Stones to Led Zeppelin to Michael Jackson, $12 billion a year is what's brought in. Pfizer is going to make, Pfizer, that's just one company. For one vaccine is going to make $33 billion in 2021. That's how much they're going to make. That's just for the COVID vaccine. It's not including anything else they make just for the vaccine. The vaccine is the most profitable medical procedure in the history of the world. History of the world. The most, the most profitable medical procedure ever. There is money to be made here. That's, that's probably why we're not seeing any sort of early treatment well, that's why that's inexpensive why. early treatment, and he he talked about yes that there was it was it was it in in India that they were giving out these these um packages of early treatment. They they figured okay, hey, no, was it South Africa? I forget. Is India or South Africa were giving out these packages to every thing the government there was giving out these 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 kits to every single citizen of an early treatment plan, and it was a cocktail of drugs, and you would take. Based on how much you weigh and stuff like that, well, and your it, gender. It was a, it was a conversation between I think it was Joe Biden, the president of this country. Yes, they were. Yes, no, they were talking about it. They don't know. They I don't think anybody knows what exactly was said or what exactly was given. But I think they suspect it was a combination of the ivory, ivermectin, mm-hmm. hydroxychloroquine, and, and some other like vitamins and stuff. But the but the point is that this region. Go back and I forget. I think it was I think it was India. This region has just has destroyed COVID. It it, it doesn't exist it's there anymore. It's, it's gone. gone, and it's largely being being attributed to these packages that were given to these people with with a cocktail of drugs inside. Joe Biden met with them, and they're not gonna say what's inside of them. Don't you think that might be useful information for everyone to well, know? Because if they did that, and like what he said too, and what other uh, people on Rogan's podcast have said as well, is that the fact that there was no prioritization of of early treatment for COVID means that the government is responsible for the excess of, I think, what Robert said. Like 2 million something. No, it's like 500,000 deaths. Yes. So if if Biden were to come out and say, or Trump were to come out and say, you know, we gave this stuff to other countries and they're doing so much better than we are, which means they were, it was a hustle from the beginning to sell vaccines. That's the reason why you're seeing in Florida why they're restricting the use of monoclonal antibodies, who it, it looks like it works because that's what Rogan got. That's what I got when I had COVID. Within 24 hours, I was better. Joe, uh, Tim Poole got it. Within 18 hours or 12 hours, he was better. The monoclonal antibodies. We don't know whether or not uh, ivermectin works, hydroxychloroquine looks like it works. <coughs> the fact that those drugs were demonized, those therapeutics were demonized, was to sell vaccines. Now, you can't get Robert Malone to say that because he's got lawyers. I don't have lawyers, and no one listens to this show. So I'm going to say it. It was a grift. It was a hustle to push vaccines. It was vaccine or bust. The whole COVID thing was. And it's, it's criminal. 
you want to talk about criminal negligence, it's this. It's Tony Fauci, who was it a year into COVID, was saying, you know what, I, you know, I take B12 vitamins, you know, whatever. I, that's, yeah. like, no! B12 vitamins, vitamin D. Oh, yeah, it's very important a year into this. Don't you think that would have been helpful like March 2020? Yeah. I'm well, telling you, what's, what's going to end up happening is that, is that one day it's going to come out. One day it's going to come out that um, the the HQ and the horse medication, the ivory, it's going to come out one day that there that there is some efficacy to this. This is this is my prediction. I I predict this is going to happen, and because as Malone said in the interview, he said that if you buy ivermectin in bulk, if you think ivermectin or if you buy hydroxychloroquine in bulk. Um, it's about a do- it's about a penny a dose. It was uh, there was another guy who was on Rogan who said that uh, I think the ivory is like thirty something cents a dose. It's something like that. It's he said if you cheap. buy it in, in large enough quantity, you can get down about a penny a and dose. And there's plenty of it. There's no money to be made in this. So if it were to come out one day that you could prevent somebody from going to the hospital, I'm not saying that it's a cure. Like that that's not that's not what. But a way to treat the illness. A way to treat the illness. A way to keep people out of the hospital. Keep off ventilators. If that comes out to be true, you know, there are people out there who have demonized my, my myself and demonized this this show and, and other and other um, a- aspects of this because we have talked about um, maybe perhaps talking to a doctor about, about this or about masks and whatever. There's many, many things that have happened because of that. And I've been taken, I've taken beatings from all, all facets of people from, <coughs> excuse me, from all sides of my social circle have, have, have demonized me for this. And it's, it's fine, whatever. I don't care. But if it comes out one day and even, even at this current day, it's okay to admit you were wrong. You guys are Whenever you're banning the guy who invented the technology, I, I don't think I have to defend my position much further. Like, seriously. Who's, who's, who's right here? You know, you, you sit there and you, you call me anti-mask, anti-science, whatever. I, I don't care. Because I, because I'm saying, because I start, I start questioning the, the, the narrative behind all this. You do your own research. Do your own research. <laughs> Because I because 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 I question this kind of stuff and I say, hey, I want to find out more information before I start doing X, Y, and Z, and you demonize me for for being part of the problem and and not trusting the science or whatever, whatever. I, I don't care. I'm past all that. But now we see this, and now that we see articles like I um there's something there's something that I posted on my Substack um on January first that the CDC is now saying to stay off cruise ships even if you're fully vaccinated. Okay. And they're they're starting to ponder what it really means to be fully vaccinated. So keep in mind, keep in mind, people that still believe that the vaccine is the way out. Keep, keep please keep keep in mind if you if you if you believe the vaccine is the way out, and if only we reached a hundred percent vaccination rate, um, this would all go away. Lend me your ears for the next few moments. They're telling you to stop going going on cruises, cruises. CDC. CDC, the cruises are a hundred percent vaccine compliant. One hundred, you cannot get on a cruise ship without a without a without a proof of vaccination. You have a microcosm, you have the environment which you are wanting America to be. One hundred percent vaccination rate, and they're telling you not to go on it. Why? Because you could still spread and catch this thing 
even after fully vaccinated. So if America was 100% fully vaccinated, this would still exist. It's not going anywhere. In Canada, they're having to cancel hockey games. They're having to cancel indoor events. Why? Because it's spreading. Admit you were wrong. It's okay. I'm not going to... Just stop grifting this further. The faster that we understand that the vaccine is not the way out, and we're seeing this. We saw, I, I, Look, there was a video I watched where Canadians over, especially, especially in Canada, they're, they're getting sick of this because Canadians up to this point kind of bought the narrative more than Americans. Very, I, very compliant. Very, very compliant with their government, which is whatever. But they're beginning to question it now. There's many Canadians that over Christmas were like, hey, I got the vaccine. I got boosted. Why are you canceling my Christmas? Why are you canceling my events? I, I complied. You said this was the way out. This we was all the, complied. We all, we all complied. And I think you're going to start seeing not only the unvaccinated, but the vaccinated come out and say, hey, we didn't sign up for this. I did my part. Or it's also like, um, what's his name? The, the, the basketball player. The Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. So because all the vaccinated players have gotten COVID, they're having to call up the unvaccinated player to come back and play. I or, I wouldn't come back and play. Or it's Aaron Rodgers, who may or may not have lied about his vaccination status, whatever. Go to hell, uh, Terry, whatever your name is. Um, but Roger Goodell. Right. No, not Roger Goodell. Um, what's the um, the guy? Um, the Terry, Terry Bradshaw, Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw, whatever. Um, the the fact that he he has said and we don't know if it's true or not, but he has claimed that the the, the procedures that he took, very similar to Joe Rogan when he got COVID, <coughs> the, the NFL is telling other teams to use those same procedures. I think it was a combination of monoclonal antibodies, the ivory hydroxychloroquine. So when other NFL players who are vaccinated get sick, they're told to take the, the kitchen sink or drug cocktail that he took when he got COVID and he got better from. But yet they're not telling anybody about that. It's all hush-hush, under the rug, you know, sweep under the rug, don't tell anybody. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how the NFL, Roger Goodell, that cheap, you know what, will go out and say, get vaccinated. All the owners and the players in the league will say, go get vaccinated. It's our way out of this thing. Don't yeah, don't, don't take the ivory. Don't take the, 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 the hydroxychloroquine. Don't get the antibodies. Get the vaccine. But in secret, if Aaron Rodgers is right, is taking the players are taking the cocktail while grifting, it's like, man, can, can't you see it? Now, this reminds me, too, because Biden also recently said that there is no federal solution to COVID. And it reminds me of that moment on the David Letterman show when the whole thing was blowing up about Jay Leno and uh, Conan, about how Le Conan was supposed to take the late night show, but but uh, Jay Leno snatched it back from him. And Jay Leno was saying, you know what? Don't blame Co Don't blame Conan for this problem. And Letterman was like, no one is blaming Cohen. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Biden says there's no federal solution to COVID. It's like there never was a federal solution to COVID. You are <laughs> welcome to February 2020, Biden. Yeah, there is no federal solution. See what that means? That means all the, the, the bloviating of Tony Fauci was all irrelevant. If there was no federal solution to it, then, the, then the, all the time we wasted listening to, to screwy Tony Fauci about COVID was a waste of time. Shows that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Shows <coughs> that the CDC director didn't know what she was talking about. Or even, Shows that the WHO people don't know what they're talking about. Or, or, or even if they do know what they're talking about, if there's no solution, why are we still listening to them? Yes, thank you. 
if there's no solution, then shows, that means that the vaccine mandate shows is the not... lockdowns were a waste of time and were counterproductive. It, well, what that means is that federal restrictions, federal re- recommendations are not a solution and therefore should be rescinded immediately. And if they're not rescinded, they should be ignored. Yes. Completely ignored because because there's no solution. No. So the next time the flight attendant, uh, you know, chastises you for your mask clipping while you're eating the, the stale peanuts and drinking the, uh, the, the, the tiny little Cokes, the way underserved Coca-Cola with way too much ice, you could say, you know what? Well, Biden said there's no fair solution. Sip, sip, sip. Um, but yeah, so I tell you what, I, I, <coughs> I, I think by the end of this year, the, 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 the tale will be told about the whole COVID regime and how it was all just a big blunder, how it was a grift. There will be irreconcilable evidence to show with absolute certainty that these people lied from the beginning, that there was an emphasis on not putting uh, energy and resources into early treatment. It will all come out within the next year. Well, that's because Biden just slips up and says it one day when the reporter or the, when his aides can't, you know, get the big shepherd hook and drag him off stage. Or it's going to be because the next president will come in after Biden or whatever. The truth will come out. And here's what I will say. I will say that, that there are, you know, I hate binary choices, but in, in this case, there are. Um, you're either on um, the side of people who want to um, censor people from the Great Barrington Declaration and well, actually, yes, that's, there, there, are, there are two sides. You're either on the side of people that, that want to ban these people and, and not give them any sort of platform to speak because, they're, because of their qualifications or what they're saying. Or you're on the side of saying, hey, let's hear all the data. Let's hear everything. There, there is no middle ground when it comes to this. You're either saying Robert Malone has, has no right to be on Twitter and he is wrong and he is causing people vaccine hesitation and he is an anti-vaxxer and he – which is hilarious because, you know, he's taken it and he says that, you know, it does provide protection and some people probably should take it. But yeah, definitely anti-vaxxer, 100%. Um, and he talks about how they work. Yeah, 100 – idiot, complete moron, on him, right? You're either on the side of banning him or on the side of letting everybody speak and have an opinion. There is no middle ground, and as Joe alluded to, I think I think you are right. I think that one day it's all going to come out, and someone someone will have to come and spill the beans. It's not going to stay sealed forever. I I, I will say this. Um, I did write a, a little piece about whenever Biden waved the white flag, the white flag about COVID, and I did say that if you voted for Joe Biden based solely upon um, him fixing COVID, I'm going to dunk on you. I, I'm sorry. You put this man into office solely for fixing COVID. He hasn't fixed COVID. There's been more cases, more deaths, more hospitalizations, all under all under Biden. And he's had a vaccine for the entirety of his presidency. So he's clearly worse by, by the metrics that you use for Trump, right? Deaths and cases. He's worse than Trump. So I'm going to dunk on you. I'm going to embarrass you. I'm going to um, call you out. Because you put a dementia patient in the White House who should be um, at a senior citizen home with, with a blanket on his lap for the rest of his days. That's where he belongs. But you put him in the White House solely because his name is not Donald Trump. And now he has given up on that initiative. So you have to answer for that. You are responsible for that. Second thing. You still have time to repent. And you still have time to admit you were wrong. And I will, I will fully... Forgive and forget. If you were one of those people out there who 
who said something to me personally. And there's not many people out there, but if you were one of those people that called me anti-vax, anti-mask, a part whatever. part of the problem, whatever, or even if you never said anything to, anything to me personally or on the internet, and you um, felt these views about you harbored those feelings, you harbored those heart. feelings. There you go. Um, there's still time to admit that you are wrong because the window's closing. Now, once it all comes out and once we fully know the story and one day, yes, it will, I'm not going to show mercy because you tried to, because people out there who have tried to ruin people like me and other people on the internet for, for seeking the truth in all this, you demonized us, you deplatformed us, you censored us. There will be no forgiveness when this all comes out. There will be no mercy. There will be nothing but shame. And there will be dunking. I'm talking like Shaquille O'Neal windmill dunking. And it's going to be great. Because you picked the side of the regime and of the state and of censoring medical professionals and resident doctors. You're the one who did that. And you chose the side of the government. You chose the side of censorship and big pharma and the corporate press. And mandates and destroying people's lives. And then whenever it's all said and done, it's like, well, sorry, too late. There's, there's, there's more than enough evidence. There's more than enough truth out there to know that something fishy is going on. We don't know what, what it is fully yet, but something doesn't add up. I mean, follow the money is always the easiest way to go. But I'm serious about this, man. Like, I, I, I feel so strongly about this because... It's it's not the sense of myself personally because I don't care. Like say whatever you want about me, I really don't care. I have such thick skin; Broad it doesn't shoulders. bother me. But there's other. But the fact that you have divided people based on whether or not they've had a medical procedure, or whether or not they wear a mask, or whether or not they they have shut their lives down, um, or if you've shut your life down, and other people haven't, and you've called them out for that. Um, you know, prior to March 2020, we never did that kind of stuff. And just because the government says that there's this inherent risk out there and you need to demonize people like that, um, you know, that, that's, that's kind of unforgivable. And that, I think that goes to the core of what's wrong um, with the divide of this nation, the divide of this, of this people. And you chose the side of dividing and you chose the side. Of, 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 of demonizing people because they didn't go along with, with the way that you lived your life. Um, and you know, I, I I don't stay up at night for that. And I, I don't, um, I have very little forgiveness for those kind of people. Um, not that saying that no one's, no one's done that to me personally, but I know that's happened to people. I know that there have been, you know, um, isolation and ostracization of people and families. You know, there's certain families that have family members that because they didn't get vaccinated, they're not allowed to be a part of their family or they're not allowed to come to gatherings. They're not, allowed, you know, mass psychosis. What, what, a, what a silliness. What, 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 a, what, a, what a way to live. And, you know, in the end, they'll, they'll be wrong. You know, um, uh, there was a lot of things in my mind that were stewing and brewing over the new year as, as we came into 2020, as we watched the, uh, the glowy ball drop in Times Square. The, the glowy ball. And uh, Anderson Cooper and what's his name? Andy Cohen had their little drunken whatever That's thing. always so they, cringy, Where dude. they tickle each other. It's just Ew. oof, oof, oof. <laughs> it's so weird. Oof. Um, <coughs> uh, 
But anyway, um, I, I just had an overwhelming sense of optimism because you have written some things. I have other seen other things talked about and written uh, in the word form on the online and spoken. The word form? <laughs> it's in uh, in uh, audibly spoken on podcasts and YouTube videos. And then I read this piece today by our president, Jeff Deist, from the Mises Institute, and it's titled, uh, How We Will Win. And I'd, I'd like to read it for you. It's, 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 not, it's not too long. Um, it's a very inspiring piece about how we can win and how we will win. And I know Glenn Beck was talking about how the, the conservatives are winning uh, the, this stage of the culture war, which I hope he's right. Even though the conservatives and I don't agree on everything, but you know what? I'd rather have a conservative as an ally than, um, than the people who would want Robert Malone banned on Twitter. Let's put it that way. But anyway, here it goes. Uh, you do not defend a world that is already lost. When was it lost? That you cannot precisely say. It is a point for the revolutionary historian to ponder. We know only that it was surrendered peacefully without a struggle, almost unaware. There was no day, no hour, no celebration of the events, and yet, definitely, the ultimate power uh, infinite did pass in the hands of the private enterprise to government. There it is, and there it will remain until, it, if ever, it shall be uh, reconquered. Certainly, government will never, uh, will never sh uh, surrender it without a struggle. We enter 2020 with the hope and optimism made possible by uh, the most clear-eyed assessment of reality. Garrett Garrett's remarkable words, published in 1938, are right at home in the new year. They're also liberating. There is no going back, no restoration, no reform. Uh, the America we thought we knew is gone. Tens of millions of Americans now believe both the U.S. federal government and the major institutions in this country, from uh, media to big corporations to universities to Hollywood to big pharma, and the medical establishment are actively working against their interests. They have no self-interest in defending the world already lost. We can be melancholy about this, or we can be happy and confident about the opportunities presented. Those same millions who no longer believe the system's uh, work are eager to build a new one. America is barely a country at this point beyond a pure economic arrangement. Without material abundance, no small thing, of course, what really, connect, what really connects us? <clears throat> America is certainly not a cohesive nation in, in any meaningful way, and why should it be, given its vast geography and enormous real diversity? This reality is not uh, pinning for some fuzzy, long-lost constitutionalism uh, should inform us as per Garrett's admonition. Compelling and viable path forward starts with identifying and colicizing around the many de facto uh, smaller nations which already exist within the U.S. The COVID regime, for starters, has allowed federalism to reassert itself in many ways of us could have imagined two years ago. Even hapless Joe Biden recently admitted there is no federal solution to the virus. That COVID must be solved by the states. Governors now openly snipe at one another on social media and encourage competition among business and family and families to relocate. The moving company United Vans Line happily provides us with uh, its annual survey. Uh, they link to the survey. Those who can give up their economic and family situations are voting with their feet. Regionalism has a new uh, has a new energy not seen for many decades. Among those nations, two broad paths forward present themselves. Uh, 
One American intends to make 2020 another COVID year complete with business and school lockdowns, mask requirements, and vaccine passports. Another American wants to get back to normal as much as possible and deal with the virus as a, uh, a permanent but manageable part of the landscape, kind of like the existing flu viruses. This fork in the road forms a flashpoint simply because the two paths are incompatible. But also they provide a real-time opportunities to apply different policies, often de facto such as when businesses simply disregard COVID rules in different states and localities. These opportunities turn, turn, in turn provide a blueprint for how uh, intractable issues like abortion and gun control might be addressed more locally rather than by non-black super legislators, black-robed super legislators. Those two COVID trajectories are almost meta, uh, metapolitical at this point, but they demonstrate the inescapable uh, uh, circle. Organize a society around the, the state or organize it around individuals, families, markets, and the institutions of civil society. We live in a political world or in an economic world. Mixing the two is not working. Politics won't go away, of course, but it will, it will remain a lagging indicator. The left is hopelessly consumed by hatred and uh, ingratitude mirrored in identity and animated by the desire to hurt and vanquish the deplorables, the Trump voters, anti-vaxxers, COVID deniers, you, you get the point, as an act of revenge. The right is lost in Trump Trumpian dysfunction, uh, moving further and further from any coherent message about economics or opportunity while allowing neoconservatives, neoconservatives to regroup and promote the bellicosity towards Russia, China, and Iran. Libertarians have lost the plot as well. Navel-gazing about what kind of circumstances would justify lockdowns and mandates, clearing the plat, cl uh, cheering the deplatforming, and, and even sometimes debanking, of alternate dissident voices by tech companies accepting uh, progressive framing of climate change and the like all while failing to focus on the threats of the empire and central banking. Both sides are led by deeply unserious people who uh, are con congenitally unfit to organize a sandwich shop, much less lord over 330 million people. But a politics cannot be eliminated. It can be made more tolerable by an aggressive push towards subsidi subsidiar subsidi subsidiarity. Americans already sensed this, but COVID accelerated it. Given up on political universalism is a bitter pill for the, for the political class, but one that must be swallowed. It's the, it's the pill Mises described a century ago in his radically decentralist calls for liberal nationalism and the right of self-determination as the hallmark of a decent society. Does this, America, does this mean America must break up into uh, new political entities as the Austro-Hungarian Empire did? Not necessarily, but it does mean accepting a far greater degree of federalism and localism and a dramatically di diminished national government. The way forward is apart. We will win is a ubiquitous hashtag on Twitter lately, code for the sense of change as so many Americans feel, but can't yet articulate. We will win because socialism is incompatible with human nature and a uh, productive material economy. We will win, we will win because the Fed's crazed um, uh, crazed monetization of Treasury debt and its mechanical fetish for low interest rates are unsustainable. We will win because Uncle Stan will run out of valuable money. We will win because build uh, because entitlements ultimately are unpayable. 
at least in real terms. We will win because war, empire, nation-building have exhausted themselves and Americans are all of all political stripes want out of the Middle East. We will win because woke will fail on its own internal uh, contradictions and infighting. And we will win because the digital age is uh, inexhaustibly decentralizing virtually every aspect of human life. And governments cannot escape this forever. So, we will win. But how long will it take and what price victory? No one can know, but great things are happening, and we should take uh, good cheer with us into 2022. This year, I have decided that I'm going to be optimistic about what the future holds. Now, we don't know what that's going to be. We don't know how it's going to happen or when it's going to happen or what it's going to look like. It could be that, you know, it could be a, a, an unsavory type character like a Trump or someone like that could say, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. We're going back to what life was like pre-COVID 2019 America. We're not doing this anymore. It could mean that Ron DeSantis says, you know what? Screw all of you. Florida's doing its own thing. See you later. It could mean that Texas, if that guy would get out of his wheelchair and take a stand on anything, would say, you know what? Texas, we ain't doing this anymore. It could mean that that slick-haired freak out there in, in California, Gavin Newsom, could say, you know what? We take COVID seriously, so we're gonna we're, we're leaving. <laughs> it could be that that weirdo who's now the governor of New York could say, you know what? We're still going to hold on to these policies of 2020 because they work and because we care about people. It could look different in many different ways. But the idea that we have to be ruled by handfuls of people, hundreds if not thousands of miles away, who don't know the complexities and the interworkings of your state is insane. So if that means that you have to go out and run for your local school board or dog catcher, so be it. I know that's something that Jacob and I have talked about personally quite a bit. Is that even in our even in our even even in our own little slice of heaven down here in the middle of nowhere, Georgia, if that means that one of us has to sit on a council for something to say, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. Enough is enough. We're not doing the CRT in schools. We're not doing the mandates, vaccine, mask, whatever. We're not doing it. If we have to free ourselves by grabbing the powers. Grabbing the reins of power ourselves, then so be it. The idea that you can just comply out of your way out of tyranny, no, that doesn't work. Ask the germ, ask the, the, the Jews of Germany and Austria and Poland. If you think that, you know, well, well, somebody will, somebody someday will come along and do it for us. Hasn't happened yet, has it? So that means that you have to get involved yourself, and that's something that we are looking at ourselves. We, we have done that already with uh, uh, becoming the uh, affiliates for our county here in Georgia. I look forward to getting more involved, especially as Shane Hazel runs for governor. But it means you have to get involved and do stuff, because if there's one thing that the left can be praised for, it's their ability to organize and protest. The right, mm, not so much. Now, I'm not saying protests are great or fun, but they do work. So that means we got to take it to the streets, people, right? Like that song, uh, Dance, no, um, that Michael Madonna. Take it Mike, to the yeah. streets. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I just, I refuse, I refuse to be 
uh, put in an altered state of mind over this whole COVID stuff or anything else. And you know what? I'm going to be optimistic. This is this the politics in the the state. It's one aspect of life. It is not life. And I think it's where so many people go wrong is that their whole being, their whole essence of their reality is consumed in the what goes on in the news. That's only one aspect of life. There are a whole host of other things you could give your time to. Some are things that are uplifting. So, yes, fight the fight. Take the fight to them. But also, don't be consumed by it, because it will destroy you. Well, it's not, it's not always just keeping things political but it's uh you know you can you can be for freedom and for for liberty in in in, in non-political ways as well uh you know it's all about you know relationship with people mm-hmm. and being people well where they're at and accepting their ideas um on all kinds of things as well <clears throat> um no there's an article that i wrote back in december that alludes to a lot of the things that you said as well and you know, there was a there was a positive thing I saw in the Mises Institute. There was an article, I think I think Phil Bishop wrote it, where um, Hans Hermann Hoppe's um, Democracy, the God That Failed, is actually oh, yeah. outselling Marx. Uh, Karl Marx, which, wa- wow. You know, that if, if people out there read, read, reading Hoppe, depending on how, how you feel about him, there's a lot of libertarians that don't like him. But Well, it's mostly the loser brigade. But, but you know. here's the, the thing, though, is that is that even if they don't like him, and even if there are some, you know, left libertarians they don't like, um, Hoppe, you know the you would much rather have them reading Hoppe than than, than the, the Marx and Engel. So and just like how I would rather have someone reading, you know, like Emma Goldman, even though I may disagree with her on economics, you know, I'd, I'd rather have someone reading Emma Goldman than in than than reading Marx, because uh, you know she got she got a lot of things right. Uh, but you know that's a, that's a positive. And then seeing everything that's happened with Michael Malice's Anarchist Handbook, it's still selling incredibly well. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of positives to look forward to, and I think that we really need to focus on the positives. Um, I, I I know that that we rail on a lot of the negatives here, just because you know a lot of the things that happen in the world are negative, but it doesn't mean they always have to be. You know, uh, I think one of the things that Malice has always talked about was that uh, in the end, it's in the end, the future will be better. That doesn't mean that right now or in the next or in the, the or in, in the near future it's going to be. But past that, um, you have to look beyond of what's currently going around. You have to look beyond yourself sometimes and beyond maybe your own life, and then look further. Because I don't think that the current we're, we're not gonna. This is not sustainable. Um, something's gonna happen. You know, I alluded to that. I said that something's going to happen. It's it's where we are on a path that is unsustainable, and a lot of people have said this. It's nothing new, and I think that a lot of people will choose the right path after this, and it brings me a lot of optimism going forward. Um, I, what, I know it's a cliche, but it's like the future is what you make it, which is ex- it's it's Doc it's, Brown. It's <laughs> your future. Your future is what you make it, so make it a good one. That's right, Doc Brown. Doc Brown, the fictional character. But anyway, uh, so I, I am so looking. I, we've had plenty of time for for some rest and relaxation over uh, the last couple weeks with Christmas and uh, New Year's, whatever. So I'm ready to I'm ready to storm the capital. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, Have fun storming the castle. Yeah, I'm ready. I am ready to storm the castle. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready for the new year. Uh, a lot of good things are going to be happening this year. 
a lot of things to be positive about, a lot of things to be looking in, looking into. I know for whatever reason, I, I do this all the time, but I, I get fixated on one topic, and right now it's Vietnam. I don't know why. Maybe because I watched um, uh, I watched Apocalypse Now, and I was like, man, that was a really weird and interesting movie. Um, and then I just went down the rabbit hole of watching basically every Vietnam movie that there is known to man and watching a whole host of documentaries and whatnot and uh, reading stuff. And I was like, you know what? Maybe we'll talk about it in the future. I don't know. But anyway. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm so looking forward to next year what this show is going to be. I Jacob shared with me a few weeks ago the, the, the numbers of who is listening, where they're listening from. Uh, it's Actually, it was very encouraging because more people were listening to this than uh, I thought there were, which means there's someone is out there. So when I say I'm talking to nobody, I, that's a lie because I know that you are out there. And we are so thankful for every each and every one of you who listen to the show. For those of you who uh, subscribe to the website, who, who have joined the <coughs> website, who uh, support us on Patreon, thank you so much. It, it, it quite literally wouldn't be possible without you. Uh, for those of you who bought the merch, thank you. Uh, for those of you who send the kind words of affirmation in love to Jacob, but not to me, thank you. Um, to the ones who just listen to the show and who maybe get a giggle out of it or maybe who look into um, uh, some of the stuff we talk about in greater detail, thank or, you. Or who share the show with their friends. Or share the show. Yeah. Um, I, Word the, of mouth is the best way to get us around. So The whole point of why we do this is not only to be uh, informative, but it's also to make you chuckle a little bit too. So, Gotta do that. So if I can make anyone laugh while talking about inflation, man, I, I, I'm a comedian. Um, or if I can make people laugh while talking about, I don't know, the possibility of, of World War Three with Russia over Move Ukraine. Move over, George Carlin. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I try to do. I just If I can make you giggle a little bit, that, that's, that's, that's the whole point. If I, make, if I can make you open up a new web browser to Mises Institute or to... Uh, any different kind of the, the institute or whatever, you know that's uh, that's all worth it as well. So what you should be reading is Liberty Overdrive. That You should be reading that's law. Where I you should be reading. It's not. It's not law. It's it's just it's just L O. You should be reading, just reading L O. Law is Liberty Overdrive Live. Right. But yes, I write ex- I write exclusively at LibertyOverdrive.substack.com. That is my Substack. I you say that like you have more than one offer. <coughs> Like I have more than a, what? More than one offer. No, I don't. There are there are no offers, but um, I do like writing there. That's where all my thoughts are. As you guys know, I am not on social media. Um, anything that you see me posting is just is just a share button. I don't go on there and like just scroll mindlessly. Um, I, I go on, I, I hit the share button. I hit the Facebook, and that's it. There's nothing else that goes on. So if you want to know my thoughts and you want to know what what I'm reading about and what happens in between these shows, only way to do that is on the Substack. That'll be in the description. School starting back next week, so as far as the the um, frequency of the uploads on the Substack might be a little more sparse, waning than they were initially. So if you only see one or two things a week from me, I, I have I have not died. Um, I'm not dead. I'm just writing papers for 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 the scam we call college. But look, we're only Dang it, we're only a semester and a half away, so we're going <laughs> to look. You know, if you're going to get scammed, you might as well go all the way through with it. So that's yeah. the way I'm looking at it. I see as I got out early because I finished uh, this past year. 
Yeah. So I uh, I uh, I got off that crazy train. Yeah. Well, we are we are a semester and a half away from getting rid of the stupid thing. But after that, I'm gonna you know we're, we're gonna go hard. Uh, once I finish school, life's gonna change and we're gonna go Look after out. this differently. We might we, we'll be crazy. We might go bowling. We're, we're going crazy, folks. <laughs> I'm going crazy. We're going crazy. <laughs> guys, thank you much for listening, Joe. Anything else? That's it. That's it. All right, guys. Have a great week. I'll see you guys on Friday, hopefully. And until then. And what do they do? If we don't have one of the rocket planes, tranquility, we copy you on the ground. We got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.